This podcast is sponsored by Frog Eyes Incorporated. Need ingredients for your latest potion, oil, elixir, ointment, filter, tincture, or tonic? Frog Eyes has the region's widest selection of beetle stings, newt's ears, troll blood, crocodile tears, dragon thorns, fairy wings, gnat warts, horse antennae, jabberwocky breath, and cheese. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I, as always, am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me, as always, is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Russ, as ever, it's an absolute delight to be here. Hello, Peter. Hey, Russ. How's your week been? Uh, yeah, it's been pretty good. I've been playing more Eberron, so that's pretty exciting. Good timing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it seems timely. Uh, the GM is a massive, massive fanboy. Oh, uh, that would be listener Lee Donovan. Hi, Lee. Um, who is very generously offering to lend me... Well, has in fact lent me his one of his two copies of Eberron Returning from the Last War because I have somehow agreed to run this for him next oh. year. Yes. I, wait a minute. <laughs> I have been duped. <laughs> duped, I say. <laughs> well, talking of Eberron, I, oh. I spoke to Keith Baker today. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, been yeah. really hard to get hold of for the last couple yeah. of weeks because he's uh, he's doing a whole massive convention thing. He's oh. doing a whole bunch of conventions, and Thanksgiving got in the way there as well. Ah. Um, so he's been quite hard to get hold of, but um, he's confirmed now he's going to come on on the 20th. The 20th of December. Oh, fantastic. Yes, yes. yes. Well, I, I can understand Thanksgiving would be a very busy time. I understand that's when uh, Americans give thanks for uh, a giant robot, Abraham Lincoln, taking on a massive turkey that was uh, destroying their land. Oh, I thought, I thought that was when they worshipped the turkey god by eating its living flesh. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I think that's Catholicism, I think. Oh, but oh okay. <laughs> Easily confused. <laughs> it, it's okay. Uh, the miracles of transubstantiation are not for us to understand. Uh, All right. Um, shall we do some RPG news? I think we should definitely move on to RPG news and away from all discussion of religion and other people's holidays, because that would be yes. a good idea. Okay, then. Right, uh, so the first bit of RPG news is, yes. and as it often is, uh, D&D related. Uh, no, surely not. Yet another Unearthed Arcana. These seem to be piling in at a rate of knots right now. Uh, but this Unearthed Arcana... Yes, yes. It's all about psionics. Psionics? What does psionics, psionics. have to do with a fantasy game? Um, well, it says that these are three yeah. new subclasses... Yes. So for the fighter, we have the Psychic Warrior. Oh, yes, yeah. Which I think might be a bit Jedi-like. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, for Ooh. the rogue, we have the Soul Knife. Mm-hmm. And for the wizard, we have the Psionics Tradition. And it's a nine-page PDF, and it's also got some new sort of Psionic-themed spells and a couple of new feats, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Rush, you're like much more into the D&D lore, as it were. Where where does like I say I, it was it was an honest question where does like you know psionics come from um, like well, how psionics how, well how it does, predates D D well well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like um but like how, how, in in my head it's very clearly a science fiction concept so um, well it was in the first edition I think it was the back of the DMG rather than the PHB. Uh-huh, so it's uh-huh. the AD&D first edition, um, so written by Gary Gygax. It was basically a subsystem, and it was about ten pages long or something, five or ten pages long. It was a subsystem. You have to roll D100% with your character. If you roll 0, zero uh-huh. then your character had psionic powers, on basically on top of everything else that your oh, character okay. does. Right, so you right. make your character up rank, uh, normally, and if there's yeah. psionics in your game, you also then roll D100. If you roll 100 you get these psionic powers and they've got things like id insinuation and um, ego whip and, and stuff like that. And then you'd have psionic attacks and psionic defences and there was this table where it, the psionic attack you chose was matched against the psionic defence of the opponent. If I rec- This is going back a long time. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Details on. And then you'd see what the sort of result was on there. It was... Uh, uh, strange. 
So it's got, a lot, it's got a lot of legacy in D&D. No, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I've um, never used them, ever, in my yeah, entire life. I, I've never actually seen them in a game of D&D. Like, I've seen them in lots of science fiction games. That's why I was just okay. like so completely well, it, confused. Well, then, second edition, there was the complete Psionicist handbook, which is an entire book dedicated to psionics. Nice, nice. Look, clearly, that's um, a long story ten- tradition. And they tended to have um, mind flayers using um, psionics rather than magic. Right, I think you might. I think that might be it because I've never come across a mind flare in the wild, mm. as it were. That okay. would be. You'd remember that. Or would I? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. No. Um, having a look at the just the UA briefly. Uh, yeah, rogues now appear to be Jedi's or have the option of being with like a psychic blade, and like the psychic warrior. Is not exciting. It's like a little mini psychic shield, mm. and then there's like the like Sironic School of Wizardry. I guess is the latest yeah. version. Um, yeah, it's I mean, got a complete well this this, this 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 particular UA is getting a very mixed reception, but all of the Sionics yeah. or you know the, the, there was the Mystic class and stuff like that. All of oh. that stuff. It's always had quite a mixed. Well, well, they have strong class, feelings about even whether Sonic should be in D and D, don't they? Well, well, yeah. I mean, as I say, for many people, it's going to be seen as a science fiction trope, and they don't want it in their fantasy. Although I do agree, like Appendix N stuff, weird and wonderful. There was never; it didn't used to be that there was a hard divide between the two. Mm. So, yeah, I guess I can see it. It's just, yeah, it's be, it's just a bit weird, really. I just kind of see it. It's just another flavour of magic, really. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean... I mean, none of this is weird, is it? It's just ways of making things happening happen through some supernatural force. All right, let's jump into the next news bit, shall we? Yes, let's. A bit of bad news this time. Oh, no. What's happening? Yeah, bad news from Cubicle 7. Oh, what's happening? So they will no longer be publishing mm-hmm. Tolkien-related, Lord of the Rings-related... Game material. The One Ring oh. and Adventures in the Middle Earth are being cancelled. Oh, crikey. Right. Oh. And this came out quite suddenly yesterday. Right. It dropped. Yeah. Uh, so th- this press release basically dropped and they sent it mm-hmm. all out to everywhere and put it on their website. So it basically yeah. says, we have some very unfortunate and unexpected news to share. Right. Uh, contractual differences arose recently which we have been unable to resolve, and so we have decided to end our licensing agreement with sophisticated games. It is regret that we have made this very tough decision to withdraw. So they're going to stop publishing One Ring, they're going to stop publishing Avengers in Middle-Earth, and the One Ring second edition, which Mm -hmm. is coming out next year, and which has been very much written and has had supplements written from it, and all in... in, Oh, no. You know, there's manuscripts that exist... All yeah. being cancelled. Oh, yeah, mate. Nightmare. I know. Right. So it's hard to tell exactly why or what, what's going on here. Oh, dear. That's, that's how... Yeah. I, it's almost certainly over money. That's what contractual differences means. Um, but, yeah. Oh, no. I hope I hope the writers and artists have been paid. Mm. Uh, and that Cubicle 7 is able to carry on. Because, yeah. It's, well, they've got Doctor Who. They do have Doctor Who. And they've got Warhammer. Two types of Warhammer. They, so they I think, do, I'm sure that I'm sure they, they'll be fine. If you got both types of Warhammer, you're probably going to be all right. Yeah, there's yeah, there's always the demand yeah. for Warhammer related paraphernalia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got both strawberry and chocolate Warhammer. So mm, uh, <laughs> maybe we could have some vanilla Warhammer as well, and have a Neapolitan <laughs> Warhammer. <laughs> I, I, um, I, actually, so, actually, that's a, that sort of takes us back, like you know, to what we were talking about originally about mm-hmm. the fantasy and science fiction being blended together. Because, like, you know, uh, the original Warhammer and Warhammer 40,000, they are based off the uh, same intellectual ideas. Well, look at Starfinder. If I must. That's uh, exactly that, <laughs> isn't it? You know, sci-fi and yeah. fantasy blended together. Yes, yes. Uh, I, in fact, it's, it is basically, uh, we've done Warhammer, but for Galarian. Mm. And we've taken all the grim dark bits out. <laughs> mm. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Yeah. I say it like that. Yeah, so going back to this Cubicle 7 news, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, Sophisticated Games, they're yes. a board games publisher, and they produce yes. the um, Lord of the Rings board game. 
mm-hmm. and other stuff. And they had like the master license, as I understand it. I'm not like super familiar with the situation, but yeah. I think they they held the the tabletop gaming license mm-hmm. from the Tolkien estate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think Cubicle Seven were dealing directly with the Tolkien's. They were direct, no. They were dealing with sophisticated games. So no. there's some kind of sub licensing, maybe. I'm not quite sure how how it all fits together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think um, because didn't Fancy Flight Flight Games have like they were producing Lord of the Rings products, weren't they? Were they? I just completely. Ma- oh, I must be completely making that up. Got confused with someone else. I know Iron Crown Enterprises did Merp years ago. Uh, many, okay. many years yeah. ago. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, well, interesting stuff. So um, yeah, well, sad, sad news. Yeah. I, I really, I really like um, Cubicle Seven stuff. So it is sad that that's happening. Yeah, yeah, they've generally been very reliable at producing quality games. Yeah. Mm. I especially hey, like their know- laundry series by Charles Strauss. That's just been absolute blinder every time I played it. Mm. And the it run it as well. Is that yeah, the laundry Cubicle Seven. No, I know what that is. Is it Cubicle yeah. Seven? Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, okay. um, yeah, it's a bit. bit it's, it's, it's not mm-hmm. Pelgrain. No, it's no, 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 no. Fair enough. I believe laundry is definitely cubicle seven. I have, okay. I have a, I have a, I have about a foot thick watch of books. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Hey, listen, the the Guardian um, has been caught by surprise again. Uh, Do you remember? It's it su- popular. Yeah, you remember it was surprised back in July and published an article surprised that D and D was uh, was resurging. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's just suddenly noticed again, and it's been caught by surprise yet again. And now, uh, now it's got an article dated today entitled "It's yes. Cool Now: Why Dungeons and Dragons is Casting Its Spell Again." And if you look at it, it's very similar to the previous article. <laughs> I, it, it, it sounds to me like this is what happens when you start sacking your subeditors. <laughs> I mean, the New York you know, Times is like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the New York Times has been surprised twice this year. Oh dear, that's that's not very that's not very foresightful of them. Anyone would think that they don't read their own products. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, well, it's just it's just the latest. Um, oh look, the indie's popular again. Let's uh, have a few quotes from a celebrity. Let's yeah. get a, a couple of quotes about how this year is the best year D and D's ever had from someone over at Wizard of the Coast. Um, let's uh, interview a couple of gamers and ask them why they think it's popular again. Oh, of course, and, you're all name checking. Uh, and, and, and name check Stranger Things is basically you, how the article goes. You, you know what, Russ? It occurs mm-hmm. to me that maybe people are writing in and saying, "Hey, you should do a story on D and D." Maybe wouldn't that be a, wouldn't that be a solid marketing proposition? So why aren't just, they why aren't they writing back and saying we have we did one in July? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're we just were shocked <laughs> and surprised to find that D and D was resurgent. Maybe like, maybe they're just like, I'm sure we did one of those. They're like, no, no. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, isn't there something I've forgotten? If you forgot, it wasn't important. <laughs> yeah, there's been like a dozen of these articles this year. I mean, yeah. I, I'm being a bit sarky about it, but it is a good thing. It, it's nice to get the publicity. Possibly, it would be nice if the articles could just progress beyond that. Oh my god, I'll be caught by surprise again. It's like pantomime, it's behind you thing, and uh, start actually talking about other stuff about the game, or maybe even talking about other role-playing games. Oh, Oh, what what, what an idea, like talking about the vast rainbow-esque spectrum of other games that are out there, rather than just the one game, which is a lot of fun, but there are more than one games out there. Yeah. Hey, D&D film. D&D film. Yes, another another little update on the D&D film, and this comes from comicbook.com. Oh, yes, yes who are exclusively reporting. Do you know how I know they're exclusively reporting this? Mm, they say so three know. times in the article that comicbook.com can exclusively report that. <laughs> they're making sure <laughs> we know that they're exclusively reporting this. But anyway, um, so the D&D film, which is still sort of slowly plodding on in its development cycle, mm-hmm. uh, they have um, discovered that it will focus on a group of adventurers yes. looking for the Eye of Vecna. Not the head of Vecna. Not the head of Vecna, no. <laughs> Not the hand of Vecna, the eye of Vecna, okay. The eye of Vecna, yeah. yeah um, okay. Also, Paramount is looking for a male actor to voice the dragon Palarandusk, who lives in the Forgotten Realms. Uh-huh. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, the protector of the village of... Um, hmm. 
Properly um, syllabic name of fun. Yes. <laughs> Imbul, who conceals his true identity as a gold dragon. A gold dragon? Uh-huh. Ooh. Oh, crocky. Uh, Patrick Stewart. Let's just see if he's available. Yes. Or I, I, um, oh. Ian McKellen. Yes. There we go. Ian, Ian, Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart. They'll make excellent gold dragons. Yeah. So this group of adventurers, um, they're yes. led by Raven Hightower. Okay. That's a good name, isn't it? Raven Hightower. He's a warrior with a magic flame sword who's haunted by his sister's death. Oh, Raven's a boy's name now. Awesome. I guess. Uh, I, other I, characters... Yeah, it's always been a girl's name as far as I'm aware. Oh, no, I suppose you've got... Uh, well, yeah, let's not gender names. That's unnecessary. I suppose Black Company's got a Raven in as well. Yeah. Because hmm. that's that's always... Well, yeah. do, they, do, they, do they all dress in black? Are they an orphan? Hmm. Uh, well, there's also a half dragon called Hack Caraway. Hack, you say? Hack. Hack. Okay. Yeah. There's a gnomish oh. thief called Olivan Trickfoot. Olivan Trickfoot. Okay. Yes. Uh, Why does he have a poorly poorly near something? <laughs> all of these, all of these have like uh, these these two two word compound surnames: Hightower, Trickfoot, yes. a masked yes. warrior named Alicia Steelsong. Steel song. Steel oh. song. Why is she famed for like nicking riffs off other artists and not crediting? Uh, yes, she must be. <laughs> she must be. And also, there's a, a male drow. Yes. Named Razor Hallbar. <laughs> uh, so, so what I'm hearing is this is promising to be like the the best comedy, uh, like ever. I, I, I'm really looking forward to this now. Well, it's apparently set to hit theatres on in July 2021, so they've got to get cracking with it, I guess, and start Whoa. filming at some point. <laughs> I sure it'll be excellent, Russ. Yeah, excellent. we'll see. We shall see. I still yeah. think they should just do Dragon Dance. Oh, tell you what, tell you what is happening is uh, Odyssey of the Dragon Lords. That oh, that's a good name. That yes. was the Greek-inspired source book by the ex-Bioware designers. Yes, yes. One one of the many Greek inspired source books, but possibly the one that looks like it's going to have the sort of highest profile of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've got a release date. Oh, uh, so it was it was a Kickstarter. Yes, and uh, the digital rewards, like so, the PDFs basically uh, are now delivered. Yes, and the physical copies they're in production. Uh, they're going to reach backers in twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and then the That's- actual release. Mm-hmm. Uh, will be in February, twenty twenty one. No, twenty twenty. Oh, February tw- February twenty twenty. Yeah. Oh, well, I shall have a look out for that. So, if you want a nice Greek inspired book, oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, I suppose I might give it a whirl. Um, have a look where it comes out. Talking of Greek inspired, um, we're planning our next Kickstarter, and oh, yeah, it's yeah. going to be a book. Yeah. Oh, of... is this you wearing your Ian World Ian publishing hat yes. now? Yes. Yeah, let, yeah. let me change my hat. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes! Oh yes! That's I'll take off the dunce's cap and put on the <laughs> put on the Ian publishing hat. Oh yes, I like the bells. <laughs> Just as, yeah. uh, so this this thing is going to be going to be called um, mythological figures and um, maleficent monsters. Ah, is this based off that weekly column that's been going? It's inspired by. So inspired the weekly column them. is character builds. Um, for people like Thor or Robin Hood and stuff like that, this yeah, isn't character builds. This is the mass NPCs and monsters. Yeah, I think, I, think so, I remember it had some quite interesting ones. I think it had lots of Chupacabra, Lancelot, and all those well-known figures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're going we're gonna to be doing that probably in Marchish. Yeah. And as usual, we're going to have the book ready before then. Yeah, yes, of course. As, as we do with us. So yeah, there's going to be about a hundred different. Um, so it's basically, it could be basically a sort of monster manual, but based in real-world mythology. Yeah. And uh, I've sort of come up with two, a couple of rules for it. One is no real people. Probably a good idea. Yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to start statting up real people and then have, you know, you could easily go wrong doing that. Oh, so very wrong. Yeah. Are you still going to keep Odysseus? Well, she's a real person. Okay, so out. No, 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 Odysseus. I was going to say like maybe no historical figures because I suppose or like no, I don't know. Well, it is kind of slightly a shame because I would like to yeah. like include sort of like someone like Julius Caesar, for example, because he's yeah, like yeah. if you think of the 
archetypal general. Yes. He's pretty much the one, isn't he? He's the, he's well, uh, him and Alexander the Great, who yeah, was a yeah, role okay, model yeah, for yeah. Caesar, but, and Napoleon used both of them as role models. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. So what are we doing that? So it's all going to be you know Robin Hoods and King Arthur's mm-hmm. and uh, mythological but, figures, but, but from around the world. Are, are you going to do one for Southampton's very own uh, mythological figure? So be this. I know. I was thinking of making one up and just slipping it in there and see if anyone notices. Oh, you should. <laughs> Sir Beavis and the Giant, whatever he's called. Um, I can't remember. That'd be hilarious. We're digressing again, aren't we? We should probably focus on doing the news. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've pretty much done the news, though. Oh, okay. Slow, slow week. Slow week. It's Thanksgiving week. Uh, that's true. Right. Kickstarters, we have got. Yes. Oh, this, look, this, is, look, this looks quite good. This oh, is yeah, called. Yeah. A Christmas Carol Adventure. <laughs> Topical, yep. Um, it's for 5th edition. Yep. 5th uh, to 7th level, following, well, Charles Dickens, you know, classic story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's basically a, a one-shot module. Um, it contains um, a full adventure, um, uh, maps, and miniatures. Get away. It's, yeah, it's really high production value, this thing. Oh, crikey. Well, what's that? That must be clocking in at north of £70, £100. Uh, it's also available for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Well, of course. <laughs> why wouldn't you be? Well, yeah. why not? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, if you, if you want miniatures just of Ebenezer Scrooge and all that lot, then I guess that's where to go. That's where you want to go. I, I, I find it hard to imagine a world where I would not want all the ghosts um, of Christmas past, present, and future. Nice, nice. You, you haven't actually told us the most important thing about this Christmas Scout, which is how much it costs and when uh, the Kickstarter ends. The most popular pledge is $30 mm-hmm. for the PDF and print versions of the book and maps. Yes. Uh, and it ends on Friday, December the 6th, next week. Mm, interesting. So Beneath the Missing Sea is a fantasy yes. horror RPG for the Best yes. Left Buried system. And yes. uh, other D20 role-playing systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and providing you with content to creep out unwary adventurers. Part Hexcrawl, part Sourcebook, built in and around the Andrusian Basin. The which basin? Andrusian. Andrusian. I don't know if that's a real thing or a fictional thing. Uh, well, uh, I, I, I think Senor Google must be called into play. How do you spell Andrusian? A-N-D-R-A-N-D, Russian. Yep. And Russian, maybe. And Russian, but one word. That's like, that's a, <laughs> and Russian comes up, yeah, I am thinking. Well, if it is a real place, then Google hasn't heard of it. Like it's not probably not, spelling. then. It's probably not. Yeah. Oh, Soviet <laughs> military expansionism. How interesting. Well, that one, oh, that one is a tenor for the PDF, and it ends on Saturday, December the 7th. Excellent. Getting on that. Uh, we have The Curse of the House of Rookwood. Oh, that's a good name. Original system, core rulebook. Yep. Get this. You're going to like this. Uh, a tabletop RPG yes. about a cursed family with yes. skeletons in their closets and dark no. magic in their veins. Oh, get in. I don't know if that means actual skeletons or metaphorical skeletons. Why not both? <laughs> Why not both? Why not both? Yes. Yes. Uh, that that one it, it 25... sounds of Craftian yeah. I suppose it's, yeah. it looks more sort of gothic but, gothic yeah, horror yeah. Yeah. yeah okay so we'll go we'll go with more like Edgar Allan Poe shall we say yeah. Edgar eh, whichever but, but his name's Edgar not Edgar <laughs> Peter <laughs> Peter <laughs> Coffee <laughs> <laughs> yeah quite quite Ross <laughs> uh, so that's $25 Twenty-five dollars uh, okay. for the PDF and print versions of the game ends on mm-hmm. December the 9th. Lovely, lovely. Uh, we got Agorath, the Sky Archipelago. Mm. The first bit, I'm like, eh, generic fantasy game. But then as soon as you say Sky, I'm like, interesting. Archipelago, I'm like, I'm paying attention now. Uh, mm. So that would be what, like, floating islands in the sky. Um, I'm hoping yeah. for some sky pirates here. It looks like it's system neutral. Yes. Uh, so it's a setting book. Yeah, it's, a set- it's an adventure and setting. Ooh. Uh, yeah, the beautiful suspended islands of Agarath. 
That's a fun. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's coming in episodic format with two euros oh. for the first episode as a PDF. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. And uh, that ends on Monday, December the 9th. Oh, that's a that's a bold move there. I quite like that. Hmm. It's a bit like the old um, Charles Dickens play. Because mo- pretty much, I think all of his books were written in episodic format which explains a sort of strange writing style where the chapters keep on ending on cliffhangers <laughs> and you're like there's a lot of cliffhangers in this book and that's because it was like put, sent out like basically what weekly monthly and people are like oh wow that's really good i must have more next week <laughs> would it be a pain in the ass if basically your life every week you had a cliffhanger oh, can you imagine it's like, oh god it's friday oh my god what's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Yeah. But then you'd know you'd be fine, and you get out of it on Saturday. Well, hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, Electric Bastion Land. They've got they've got some cracking names coming out. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we really should have played the game this week, shouldn't we, with some of these yeah. names? Oh well. Uh, well yeah. This is a uh, original role playing game. Yes, uh, uses the Into the Odd system. Not played it, heard good things about. Uh, Bastion is the only city that matters. Impossibly large and expanding more every day, ruled by warring borough councils, enforcing draconic laws, and fizzing with electric discoveries. Nice. Last one. Yes. Vigor into dust. Interesting. It's a game about surviving and thriving in a withered world on the brink using collaborative storytelling and character forward framing i don't know what that means to help players discover who they are and who they might become well, i guess character forward framing oh it's it sounds a bit technical really isn't it mm-hmm. yeah. well, forward framing i guess uh what's that is that like a it's not powered by the apocalypse that's going to be original, original systems, system yeah 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 sounds like they're do do, do do you know who it's by? Because it sounds like they're doing some... Stitchcraft Press. Yeah, so it's an indie group, but I'm guessing they're, they're trying to do something fairly exciting with coming up with storytelling and character forward framing. To me, just from the name, would be where you're trying to predict where your character's going and playing to that. Yeah. I'll have to look that up, to be honest. I... I I'm intrigued from the name alone. I don't know well, if it'd be fifteen dollars for the PDF ends on Thursday, December the twelfth. Oh, yeah, it's getting on that. You've plenty of time, and there we are. We're done. Okay. Greetings, shopkeep. I, as you can see, am a noble knight. I'm not a shopkeep. What do you mean? I'm a blacksmith. I see. Uh, very well, sir blacksmith. I wish to purchase a new weapon with which to go about my knightly deeds. I am not a knight. Yes, I know. I am a knight, as demonstrated by my shining armour. But you called me Sir Blacksmith. That's the form of dress typically used by those who have been knighted. Uh, therefore, in all practical terms, I might add legal, social and sociological terms, knights. Right. Okay. Uh, what would you prefer me to call you? Oh, Smith is fine. Smith, the, uh, the Smith. That's right, Your Honour. I'm not a judge. No, you're a knight. But you called me Your Honour, which is a form of address reserved for duly appointed magistrates of the peace who pass judgment on those accused of crimes, both dire and petty. Oh, right, Your Honour. How about your worship? Uh, that's a title reserved for the clergy, my good squire. Not for a knightly knight such as myself. I am not a squire. I'm sorry? No need to be sorry. Ah, uh, very well. Anyhow, I wish to purchase a new weapon. Something uh, heroic. Heroic, eh? How about a nice battle axe? Oh, no, no. I'm allergic to them. To battle axes, Your Highness? I'm not royalty. Eh? The title, Your Highness, is one only used in the presence of, and directed towards, royalty. Noble as I am, a knight such as myself is far lower in status than such an exalted individual. Right you are. So... Is it all axes you're allergic to, or just battle axes? Uh, just battle axes. I come out in a rash. Oh, that's unfortunate, your magnificence. Now, now. That particular style of address is used to honour the president of a house of learning, a college or university, if you will. Oh, right you are. 
Anyway, how do you feel about owlbirds? Uh, not very practical on a horse now, are they, young master? I'm not a master. I haven't taken my exams yet. Just a regular old smith, me. They're a very talented one, I might add, your holiness. Quite so, quite so. But I must point out that I am not the primate of a major world religion, and am thus undeserving of the title, Your Holiness. Holy, though I may be. Absolutely, my lord. Um, I have a lovely crossbow here. Can't stand him. Nothing like a good face-to-face melee. And nifty little horseman's mace. Not on this diet, I'm afraid. A fun little flail. Can't get along with the darn things. Oh, a delicious war hammer. Doctor said to avoid them. A solid, respectable baton. Doesn't really go in my tabard. A scimitar. Too curvy. A dagger. Too small. A trident. Too fishy. A rapier. Too flashy. An oversized cudgel. Not flashy enough. A bejeweled sabre. Too gaudy. Box of caltrops. No, I'm lactose intolerant. Oh no, we aren't doing very well here. A spear. Hmm. I do like the general long pointiness of it, but it lacks some, uh... Finesse. No, no, not that. Sophistication. No. Subtlety? Ah, certainly not. Lethality. Uh, No, no, it certainly has that in spades. Drama. Yes, that's the one. Drama. What do you have that's like a spear, but with a bit more drama? Well, I do have a rather clever little invention of my own. It might suit your needs, your ladyship. I'm not a lady. Sorry, sir. Let's see it, then. What, sir? This invention of yours. Ah, yes. Here it is. Oh, keep it under the counter here, you see. It's like a spear, but it's much bigger. My, that does look very nice. I especially like the big dramatic guard at the gripping end. Oh, I rather like that too, sir. Uh, what's this attachment? Oh, that's so you can mount it on a horse and knock people down like bowling balls. You mean like bowling pins? Sorry, sir? You don't knock down bowling balls, you knock down bowling pins. Oh, yes, that's right, sir. Silly me. Uh, so what do you call this marvellous invention of yours? I haven't named it yet. Got right his block, see? Yeah, so did the author of this sketch. It's quite terrible. That's it, sir. Oh, perhaps. No. No what? I couldn't possibly. Spit it out, man. Well, I was wondering if you'd let me, um... Let you what? It better not be anything rude. Oh, no, no, sir. Quite the opposite. Uh, well, what is it, then? Well, I was wondering if I might name it after you, sir. It would be quite the honour. I'd be delighted, my good Samaritan. I'm not a Samaritan, sir. I'm not from Samaria. I'm a smith. So, what is your name? Uh, my name? Or the, uh, weapon. Oh, right, yes, yes. My name is... Yes? Lance. Oh, well, that was the most underwhelming punch I know heard in years. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys us all these wonderful microphones and mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires. So many wires. And all these wires. Uh, We have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those backers get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And we sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Mm. Um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every every little bit helps. So, just dropped yesterday, or was it the day before, or the day before, one of those days, either yesterday, the day before, or the day before, I can't remember, even though I did it, so I should this remember. This could be up to a week ago for people listening. Recently, like just dropped falling. recently, <laughs> yeah, yeah. is um, old version That's- 1.2. So you think there's a new version of old? Yes. And now people are thinking, what on earth are you talking about, old version 1.2, what is that? Well, it would be... Did you, did you work out... Well, this is all part of... Uh, OLD doesn't stand for anything. 
You didn't think it would pack Or in. does it? It doesn't. Maybe it secretly does. Go on then. No, it's secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so secret you haven't thought on it. <laughs> oh, it's, it stands for Obstinate Legal Drama. Oh, okay. So it's the Ali McBeal role-playing game. <laughs> I didn't realise that was coming out. Oh. Uh, Tell me more. I'm sad. Let's do it. Oh, well, dear. So old is the yes. fantasy heroic branch of the trilogy that is what's old is new. Yes. So uh, there's also now, which is the yes. modern action one, and there's also new, which is the science fiction one. Yes. Uh, both new and now have been on version 1.2 of the rule set for yes. uh, about a year, a year? Yeah, about a year now. Maybe longer, actually. Maybe longer, maybe longer. Yeah. But old has yeah. not. Right. Uh, and I've been working on updating old to uh, version 1.2 of the rule set, basically in fits and bursts over the last year, whenever yeah. I get a spare moment in between all the other stuff I'm doing. And finally... In between bringing out Judge Dredd and working on your one-pagers... Uh, doing this podcast and I don't know all sorts of stuff what, yeah, what, yeah. Do, you, what do you do with your time Russ that basically <laughs> <laughs> that's too sad yeah um, so uh, yeah it's, it's out for version 1.2 of the rule set which um, makes a number of sort of slightly fundamental changes to the rule set but also I've also added in a whole bunch of extra stuff like extra races and stuff like that just for just, oh. for, just for a bit okay. of entertainment yeah okay so, so what's the most important changes? Um, I think probably the careers. There's ten, uh-huh. more than ten new careers. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so maybe we should describe what we're talking about for people who, due to no fault of their own, have lived in a what's old is new free world. It must be terrible. I know. We should <laughs> help these people out, Russ. We should help them out. Um, well, careers I mean, I- are part of the building blocks of a character. Yes, but I, I, I thought maybe like a more general overview of what's old is new. For instance, that it's a D6 dice pool system that where is. you build up a character from choosing various careers, which are a little bit like classes, but it's not really because you're not multi-classing. You just get like a nice little package, which gives you some skills and maybe a little bit of attribute increases. And most specifically, it gives you an exploit at each yes. level, yes. which is an exploit is comparable to a Pathfinder feat but is really just like basically calling what it is. It's like it's a way to change the rules of the game in your favour. Is, yeah. that, is, that, is that a fair thing? Yeah, and we've got three much. different flavours, the science fiction, the modern day, and what we're talking about now, the, the magical fantasy. Yes. Yeah. Well, the reason, the reason this took so long to update to version 1.2 was the magic section. Yes, yes. Because it was one of those things that if you make a little change, it has yeah. a lot of rippling effects. Yes. There, was like, there was a change to the way conditions work in the game, and that uh-huh. rippled all the way through the magic system. And I was constantly finding other references to conditions and stuff in the oh. magic system, which I had to go in and edit. And it was just really, really fiddly. It's like a 350-page book. Yeah, yeah. And when you make a change somewhere, it ripples throughout the rest of the book, and it's just so fiddly updating it from version 1.1 to 1.2. So it took me like a year. Oh, come on, Russ. If we took out the 50 pages of pole arms, then it would be a much shorter book. <laughs> Two pages of polearms. Oh, I'm sorry. It just felt like 50. <laughs> <laughs> Two pages of polearms, one of which is a picture. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I, I, I must confess, I do secretly like the level of attention to detail with the different polearms. <laughs> but it's a lot of polearms, man. <laughs> it is a lot of polearms. It is a lot of polearms. <laughs> it's basically the bit, pointy bit of metal on the end of a stick. The reason it's a lot of pole arms is a little in joke to myself about first edition D and D, which has loads fan. and loads of pole yeah. arms, and that's why I put them in there. It really is just to make myself laugh, to be honest. And, and to be fair, as much like you know, all, all the GMs will appreciate if you're running a game and you put an in joke in, it's for you. It's definitely not for the players. It's the players' game. That's great. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, right, so yeah. conditions have been the core core change that you've made, and this has really affected all the magic system. Because um, it was, I said 50 pages for Perlons. That's That was a total exaggeration. But it's like 50 pages of magic, at least. The magic, so system, like, yeah. su- the magic system's super simple, but the section is quite long. 
Yeah. So, so the way the magic system works, it's... Uh, it, it's it's like, not a fancy magic spell at all. I think that's part of the reason why I had such a problem getting my head around it. Because I'm used to, you got a spell slot, you got a spell, you cast a spell using spell slot. Brilliant. Yeah, that's D&D, yeah. Yeah, it's not D&D. No, it's not If it was D&D, then on the front of the book it would say Dungeons and Dragons, but it doesn't say Dungeons and Dragons on the front of the book. And uh, the reason it doesn't say Dungeons and Dragons on the front of the book is because it's not Dungeons and Dragons. Wait, so it's a fantasy role-playing game that isn't Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons. Yes, yeah, it's Pathfinder. No. (laughs) 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 But but does it have dungeons? Uh, Optionally. And dragons? Optionally. So, <laughs> but it also has wagon wheels oh. and fields of corn. So I'm not Theresa May. I'm not excited <laughs> about this. <laughs> Any more obscure like British political references I throw in? Yes, I will do no, as we go no. along. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so I tell you about the new races. Yes, yes. So I added in three new races because because originally you had like what's it dwarves. Were they still called elves? So we had humans, ogres, grand elves, sylvan elves, yes. mountain dwarves, yes. and orcs, and small folk. Yes, I did I'm like sure. the grand elves because they had... Because actually, it's, it's definitely not D&D for another reason in that you actually have firearms as part of the system. Yes. Yes, and uh, the grand elves are known for their fearsome musketeer batteries. Mm. And it's like, that, that was a novel take. I did like that. Yeah, Al- yeah. alchemy and musketeers, uh, the grand elves stick... Yes, uh, but the new new guys got that got added were the gnomes. Yes, who were able okay. to turn invisible and do illusiony stuff as you would expect. Being Ooh. gnomes, Trixie pixies, uh, goblins. Oh, sorry, gnomes. Yes, who are quite oh. good at ganging up on people. Like you get a plus one d six to attack for every adjacent goblin to your target. So ah, individually, well, a goblin's quite quite weak. But when you have got six of them hanging off you, then you're in trouble. This is the way. And beast folk. Beast folk. Beast folk. Yes. Beast folk. I like the beast folk. Is this so like build be- a beast people or? Uh, so well, be- beast folk are sort of like uh, they're the creations of sort of sorcerous experimentation, and they're kind yes. of viewed with like disgust and revulsion, and they tend to hide away from society because of that. Right. Um, and a lot of them would have been created in some dark wizard's lab or something. Uh, and some of them escape, and some of them slay their creators. Some of them end up in a circus treated yep. as freaks and some of them managed to sort of create some kind of relationship with the real world with the outside world and, and these are the ones that are found sitting in taverns yeah and they, t- they tend to have names up. like the creature or the thing or the brute or the or oh. you know stuff like okay. that so and I'm picturing like a cat person or a dog person kind of they're kind of humanoid but with uh, they, they, they might have an animal trait like ragged teeth or they might be really good at claiming or they might run around on all fours or um, they might have the ability to do mighty leaps to the top of buildings or or something like that. Mm. And they have these violent outbursts. They're kind oh. of like prone to explosions of violence, uh, oh, which doesn't really help them in the eyes of society. No, no. Right, what else do we have? So we have a bunch of new careers. So one of, one of the things about careers was... Yes. I, I never felt that magical careers were represented well enough. No, no. So, so there was a generalist mage, there was a fire mage... Yeah. Uh, I think there was a couple of others. I can't remember what were in what was in there originally, but okay. there was, uh, and then there was like a druid, a cleric, and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of magical careers. Fantastic. And these, the new ones are the archmage, the battle mm-hmm. mage, uh, the diabolist was already in there, the enchanter, mm-hmm. the fire mage oh. was already in there, the mm-hmm. ice mage, the illusionist. Mm-hmm. I can't remember that. Was, was that in there before or not? I can't remember. Uh, the mage, Sand Mage, the magician, which yep. is kind of like um, the magic's kind of more like, you know, Paul Daniels kind of pulling a rabbit from a hat and stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, the orcs are attacking. Oh, uh, slightly more useful than that, but you know, it's kind I, of I like pull, stage stuff. I could pull some scarves out of my sleeves. There was the necromancer who uh, yes. was in there before. Uh, yes. uh, the shaman, that's a new one. Uh, the soothsayer able yeah. to see the future basically yeah. uh, and the witch slash warlock interesting which is able so, to curse you and stuff nice I, I do like the curse so with being able to predict the future have mm. you come up with a 
way to make that fun or good in role-playing games? No, I decided it would be horrible and unfun and not good. That was my philosophy, and I decided that everyone everyone would hate this. Oh, good choice. Alternatively, Uh, I didn't do that. (laughs) Okay. I I was hoping you could tell me what's your... The, the way you solved the problem but since you seem to have opted <laughs> so for the way everyone else has done it then that's fine okay so the abilities <laughs> of the soothsayer are um, they have cold reading they're adept okay. at reading the faces and the body language of others as well as other clues signals and even use simple probabilities they can ask um, someone a question and yeah. they'll get a truthful answer even if verbally the uh, the target says something else by okay. making a, a charisma mental attack so I can sort of say to you you know where were you last night? And you'll say, oh, pub. yeah, you said the pub. And I'm going to tell just from your body language or the way your eyes look shifty or an inflection or something like that, yeah. um, that you were, in fact, down on the docks selling your body for a silver penny. Think so. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's really going more for the, I guess, a charlatan model of soup thing? Uh, well, there is magic in there as well. So uh, there's oh, also... Okay. Read the signs. So you you choose a fortune-telling method. So it can be astrology, palmistry, casting bone, whatever you want. Make it up if you want anything. Ah, Uh, reading entrails. Yeah, that sort of thing. That's why I require a cartload of chickens with me. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So once per day... They're my ingredients, man. Yeah. So once per day, you can ask the GM a question. Yes. And the GM has to answer it truthfully, although he's allowed to be cryptic. Interesting. Uh, then we've got Speak with Dead. You can speak to corpses and ask them questions. Doesn't, okay. It doesn't compel them to be truthful or grant them any knowledge they wouldn't already have, but you can sort of get them to give, right. you, give you information. Uh, you can see the future once per day. You can roll an attribute check. Yes. And once you've seen the result, yes. you decide whether or not to take the action. Interesting. Okay. It's like, oh, oh, oh should I do that? Oh, no, no, actually, no, I've decided. No, perhaps not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And then there's there is no fate. You can see the moment of your death, and oh. you can take steps to avoid it. Once, uh-huh. if an attack would reduce you to zero health, you may yes. ignore that attack and the damage it caused. Once you've used exploit, you can never use it again. So it's just a one, so it's a life basically. Right, nice, nice, like it. One one, one time, you basically avoid death. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the soothsayer. Um, and basically, all of the all of the careers have sort of a handful of exploits like that and yeah, yeah. stuff. Okay, that's not good. The other right. ones I added, there was the the ninja and the shinobi. Okay. Um, technically, they're the same thing. but uh, uh, I was uh, thinking that, but I didn't like to say. <laughs> I decided to split it into the ninja is the sneaky assassin one. Yeah. And the shinobi is the disguisey one who can change his face. I see, I see. Yes, right with you. That's how I, de- how I decided to go with that one. So one of these people will be found wearing black pyjamas and leaping from rooftop to rooftop. And yeah. the other will be a ninja. Cool. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's basically it. Yeah. 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 So the way the conditions have changed. Yeah. So before there was condition tracks. Yes. And they didn't quite. Well, they never quite worked. I, well, I, I knew. I knew how I kind of wanted them to work, and they, I, I never quite nailed it. Yes. And I, they were too weak at first. I wasn't a hundred percent on. I like. I knew how they worked in that you got a condition applied, and you applied more conditions. But I was. Yeah. I, was, I always find it a bit vague. In my yeah. head, so, so, what, so what's the change? Uh, it's condition. Uh, so instead of a, well, they were called status tracks, and they had yes. like five stages, yes. and everything had five stages. Like blindness had five stages, and slowed yeah. had five stages. You know, like exhaustion works in D and D. Yeah, yeah. Everything basically worked like that. Yes, but it was too fiddly. It was so that's gone. Uh, so instead, we just got straight conditions yes. like D and D, but they have two levels. Oh, so you have the standard yeah. level and an extreme version. Oh, nice. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're simpler and easier to do, and they're easier to throw off as well. So to get rid of a condition, you just roll d six, and you just yeah. got roll five or six, and it's gone. Okay. So it's nice and simple that was. Uh, magic got a bit of an overhaul. Well, yes, uh, I imagine if you're changing all the conditions, magic would be pretty heavily affected. So, yeah, so, so well, the, the magic co- system, it's like, was it? It's a word noun sort of yeah. jobby. So it's actually basically it's it's pretty simple. Yeah. You have a you have you have a bunch of skills and you have a bunch of secrets. So words, yeah. uh, nouns, and verbs. Yes. And as long as you know them, you can combine them to do anything you like. Uh-huh. So you could say create fire and create a fire, or you could move wood to open a door, or you could charm wow. a beast to charm a wolf. Yeah. So basically, you you just do that. So if you you, you choose one of your skills, one of your secrets, combine them together to create an effect. 
Yes. You make up the effect. Yes. And then you just pump power uh, magic points into it to give it its range and duration and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So the more power points you chunk, you pump into it, the longer it will last, the stronger it will be. And do you still have to make a skill roll for it? Yeah. So the so the way it works is you depending on the eventual cost of your of your thing, you've just yeah. got to make a check which is ten plus the magic point cost of the thing. So okay. if you created a spell which costs six magic points, just roll sixteen or more to cast it. Yeah, which will be on your magic plus your magic using skill. Yes. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then refer to the table which tells you what those numbers mean. Yeah. Okay. Basically. <laughs> yeah. And then basically you say, you know, you mentioned there's a big chapter. So the big chapter just contains a big sort of library of effects you can just bolt onto it. Yeah. yeah. So it's a bit like having a spell list, but these are more spell examples. And you're free to, you're explicitly told to modify them as you see fit. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else is there? That's basically it, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots of little changes throughout, all the way through, just tiny little changes everywhere. But mm-hmm. oh, there's the addition of vital defense as well, version one point two. Yeah, yeah. So you had um, melee defense, you had yes. ranged defense, and yes. you had um, 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 mental defense. Vital defense is the defense you'd use against poisons and sort of oh. constitutional attacks, yes. or illnesses, or yes. diseases, or you know that sort of thing. So you've got like sort of a con save sort of jazz. Sort of, yeah, 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 pretty much. But, yeah, but rather than you making a save, someone makes an attack against it. It's sl- uh, so it's slightly faster. Static, static values. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah I'm a big yeah. fan of static values. That, yeah. They do make things a lot easier to work out. Yeah, I mean, all the, all those defenses are basically saving throws, averaged out. Yeah, yeah. just like yeah, your perception check is in D and D, or your passive perception is. Yeah, sim- similar idea to fourth uh, ed and thirteenth age and so forth. No, it's a, it's a good idea. You should use it. Which have it's just it's just quicker. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's basically it. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, don't know what else to say about it, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if, you're, if, you, if, you're, if you're familiar with, with the game, that's a sort of broad overview of the changes that version 1.2 has. Yeah. If you're not familiar with the game, then probably you've just been listening to this and thinking, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, but assuming we've piqued someone's interest, what's the mm. absolute best way to get into what's old is new? I'll tell you what, right at the moment, yes. uh, on Drive Through RPG, they're doing their big uh, Black Friday through Cyber Monday sale. Yeah, that's it. And these are normally $10 yes. in PDF format. Yes. And it's a 350 page book, so that's a pretty damn good value. Well, on, a, on a page per dollar count, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah? Uh, but right now, and I don't know how long their sale lasts, but it's probably only going to be a few days. Well, probably They've got like a third that. off, so you're talking like right. six dollars fifty or something for a three hundred and fifty page book. Well, that's uh, pretty solid, and the artwork for them is quite good. So yeah, I ha- yeah, the artwork was all done by a, a studio called Savage Mojo. Oh yes, yeah, Savage Mojo. They worked quite heavily with uh, that. What I think they based were in Birmingham, I think, or maybe that's just a chap I know. They uh, worked to produce Savage Suzerain for yes, um, yeah. Savage Worlds. Yeah. I don't know where they're based, actually, but yeah, no. yes, they've, uh, they've done a lot of work on Savage World stuff. Yeah, uh, very, very high quality artwork. I think they, yeah, they got their Kickstarter. Yeah, ah, it's uh, definitely yeah. distinctive. Uh, well, good, yeah, yeah. Uh, so everyone, everyone who already had a copy of this game is entitled to the update for free. Yes, that'll be so. Version one point two. If you bought it on Drive Through RPG, then you can just download the new version just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you bought if you bought the game somewhere else, you yeah. might have to contact me directly. Yeah, yeah. to get hold of it because yeah. uh, Drive Through RPG offers that functionality, but you know Amazon doesn't, so yeah. you have to do it manually, uh-huh. which is a bit sad. Sad times. Bit rubbish, really. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. So I mean, um, excellent, excellent life for me on the uh, PDF. Are there any products planned, like adventure pathways for um, old and so forth? So coming out next year, mm-hmm. and Ryan Nock has already started working on it. Yeah, yeah. Zeitgeist. Oh. So Zeitgeist, we're doing a Zeitgeist 5th edition setting book. Yes. But we're also yes. taking that pretty much that same text and adding core rules chapters mm-hmm. for a What's Old is New Ooh. core okay. rule book. Yeah. So that is going to sort of become the official fantasy setting for old. Right. So, Zeitgeist is going to become sort of the native setting for yeah. old. 
Uh, it's already sprinkled in there anyway. If you, yeah, if you look yeah. at the uh, cosmology stuff at the end, and, oh. uh, in the appendix at the end and stuff, that's all straight mm. from Zeitgeist. Right. And, and, and uh, having the firearms in there, that's all out of Zeitgeist because that has, you know, mm. that has firearms in it right from the get-go. Yeah. I mean, because what's the advantage of what's old is there is it's um, ultimately very cross-compatible, like cross-genre role-playing game. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the... Uh, what's it? The the setting informs the system, but it's not like absolutely one hundred percent closely tied to it. You've still got plenty of wriggle room. Mm. So if it becomes part of your zeitgeist plot to have um, spaceships descend and have psychic wizards unleash their uh, <laughs> doom upon us all, then uh, yeah, that's fine. You can totally handle yeah. that with a uh, new as well. Yeah, yeah you can yeah. absolutely you can absolutely mix them. Mm. Good times. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm off the dragon meat. To dragon meat. Dragon meat in London. Oh, well, that sounds like a nice uh, fun day for you. Yeah, yeah well, a, a long day. I have to uh, get up at 3 a.m. Yeah. I have to drive to the warehouse, yes. load up the car. Yes. And I've got to drive and pick up Jess, who's um, our publishing administrator from Eastleigh. Uh-huh. Then, and that'll be 5 a.m. by then. Yeah. Then I've got to drive all the way to London for about 7 a.m. so we can yep. set up the stand. Yeah. And then the doors open at about 9 a.m. or something. Yeah. And then I've got to walk through, work through until 7 p.m. on the stand. Right. Then spend another hour or so taking the stand down. Yeah. And then drive all the way out to an Airbnb in uh, Surrey. Oh. Uh, with a whole bunch of EN publishing staff. And then you're going to have to drink beer, drink beer, eat pizzas and play games. Yes, and then we're having a, a two-day staff retreat where we're all going to be playing Judge Dredd and stuff for two days. Fantastic. Yeah. It's going to be good fun. Nice. But yes, so I am going to be at um, Dragon Meat on stand number 73 tomorrow or today, depending when you're listening to this. Depending what time Daryl puts this out, I could be there at the, at the very moment. Or I could have gone and let... You know what I mean. <laughs> so so, so basically, depending, together, depending on how fast Daryl gets this out, it's like you could be picking us up and then say, well, you know what, I need to pop down to Hammersmith in West London, just specifically <laughs> so I can find stand number 73 and tell Russ about this error that I found in his book. Because <laughs> it's just one thing Russ loves, it's to hear about the spelling mistakes and where you found them in his books. It makes him really happy. His face, his face lights up with joy every time you do it. You should try it. <laughs> Alternatively, you want to come along and mistake somebody for Peter. Oh, yes, yes. Um, I, I should point out, I'm definitely not there. So if you want to find some, like, random man who's <laughs> a foot shorter than me uh, with a different hair colour and who sounds, in fairness, nothing like me, which is two hours credit, then please feel free to pop along. <laughs> I don't think he's a foot shorter than you, Peter. No. Or it's yeah. not me either. But I will be it's there. And yes. you are welcome to come and talk to me about Judge Dredd or What's All Is New or all your podcast. Probably oh, you, you won't. You could talk to us about your about this podcast and if you like it. Or if they think, or if you think you should get rid of that annoying Peter Coffee guy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but you will almost certainly hear this too late to do that, so I wouldn't worry about it. Yay! Because even, even, if, even if it goes out like midday tomorrow, that's going to be too late for someone to go, oh, I'm going to go to Dragon Meat, isn't it? Ah, you never know you like. Yes. Anyway, um, is there anything else we need to talk about? I, I think I think we are done. Oh, I suppose we should also have probably mentioned Shane's new column, which which had me going. I must say, I was thinking barrows and bear owls. <laughs> <laughs> I was like Olympia, Washington-based game publisher Warlocks the Shore. There are no actual <laughs> rules for barrels. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I thought that was. Uh, <laughs> he, 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 he's doing that very, very well, so there you go. Yeah, no, I do enjoy his columns. Yeah. So. <laughs> they seem to be uh, being received reasonably well, too, which is, which is a bonus. Uh, anyway, well, I guess we should probably sign off then. Yes, probably a good idea. Right, yeah. So, oh, um, actually, before you go, before you go, before I go, are you vaguely familiar with Eberron? Yeah. yeah. Okay, because I'm thinking I might actually have a world. At, well, no, I'm definitely running a game next mm. year, 
which is only January, so it's like about a month and a bit away. Yeah. I was going to open up things to include the Masterclass Codex. Mm-hmm. Um, do you reckon that will fit thematically? Because currently I've got a lot of reading to do. I would really uh, like to include it, but yeah. I'm trying to think of all the classes that are in it. <laughs> in wow. I know 16 of the bloody things. <laughs> no, well, like, there's, there's Gunslinger, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I can work with that. Because um, they tend to I prefer more the, ones. Uh, Savant stuff. would probably work quite well. Uh, oh, the Alchemist so, yes. would probably work well. Potentially the Noble, that would be alright. Yeah, yeah, that would work well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, most D&D classes you can fit into everyone somehow. Yeah. Generally right. speaking, there's nothing, there's, nothing in, there's nothing in that book that's so wacky that you go, oh my God. Uh-uh. So, right. Uh. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. It has been wonderful hearing you listen. I don't know if that's a thing. But thank you anyway. But good effort. Yeah. Um, It's goodbye for this week from me, Russ. And it's goodbye from me, Peter Coffey, from the Southampton Girls Rollers. See you next week. Bye-bye. Apparently I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.